This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Once more unto the breach. Hello, Joe. We're back and you're back. Hello, Rich. Yes, I am back. Unfortunately for everyone who won't be able to listen to yet another Andrew Hawes podcast. Yeah, all right, all right. I booked him a week and a half before, maybe more, when I knew that you were away in Naples. I didn't realise Dearest Andrew was going to be everywhere else, but I regret nothing because he was a delight. Yes, as always, Andrew was was great value and had me fretting for my position on the pod uh, greatly uh, whilst I was on holiday. Absolutely got to keep you on your toes. How was your holiday? It was, it was a lovely holiday. I had a great time. I uh, got to see Napoli play. Got to see a manager sacked. Uh, keep keep Michael Phil on his toes because I've already got one in the last week. Um, yeah, it, it was a great time. It was, it was a very nice city. Um, you know, I'd, cowering under a tree outside the Maradona because it was torrential rain wasn't the best. But you know, th- these are things that happen in a November holiday. Yeah, as long as there wasn't any lightning, because under a tree is an absolute no no. Yeah, thankfully it was it was not thunderous at that point, but uh, I think uh, you know possibly thunderous inside the ground as Rudy Garcia was was having you talking to, but um, not not outside it. Thankfully, so uh, I was not struck by lightning. Fantastic, always good to hear when that doesn't happen. Uh, we are on Zoom today, so apologies that the audio isn't as red hot. The glories of technology have let us down, but hooray for backup. 
let's go straight. Well, I've got to apologize, haven't I? Because, you know, I'm human. I make mistakes like many high profile people at this football club. Um, I thought the Exeter City game in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy was this week. Oops, sorry about that. I was giddy at having two Tuesdays off, but alas, I'll be covering it next Tuesday. What a delight. Well, you probably saw the youth team picture penciled in and, and assumed it was the Exeter game, but unfortunately, uh, I'll be at the counter ground twice for two games that people don't necessarily care about in consecutive midweeks. Oh, we care, we care. And and before, I, I know Michael Flynn didn't do the presser this, this week. It's nothing to do with your football manager predictions, is it? <laughs> I have to assume uh, not, uh, or at least I hope not, uh, which I saw in the com- comments from some people was a crisis of journalism, which which is just lovely. But um, no, we weren't given a specific reason why it was Wayne Hatswell rather than Michael Flynn. But um, he, he just sort of walked in and said, it'll be him today. Well, all right then. Uh, can't really complain. Uh, I think he just—he probably just knew I was back generally and decided to cower. So uh, we won't get that for two consecutive weeks. We'll be out. Uh, we'll be without the ongoing Joe versus Michael Flynn rivalry on the presser, unfortunately. No, unless you've gone too far with uh, football simulation games, um, and who knows, you might have. Well, it is possible. Uh, well, I'll just sort of follow his follow his career for the rest of a, a simulation and see how he likes that one. Ed to Swindon, the Swindon Advertiser uh, website to read that article and that crisis in journalism. Of course, you were off this week, so plenty of stuff happened. Stuff happened without happening. We'll start with Hotel Hellfire this week. Uh, things got very noisy as uh, Swindon Town started selling tickets for Wrexham home on Boxing Day. Fans were quick to notice that the three central blocks were um, blocked out, uh, so you couldn't buy any. A combination of this, our worldwide popular opposition and town promoting a hotel offer with Leonardo Hotels, where you can buy rooms for between 150 to £250, or a non-room offer of £62.50. <laughs> it sounds like I'm advertising it. Um, set tongues wagging, and within 24 hours... There was no official explanation apart from some exasperated copy and paste responses within the club. Uh, Those three blocks eventually became available. And um, we were told that only 60 seats were reserved for hospitality instead of the well over 150, 200 that the three blocks would have done outside of season tickets. Um, I, I think the reaction to this, Joe, was very much part of what's happening. And some people will say... It's keyboard warriors and fans just enjoy kicking the club. But there's no doubt this could have been dealt with better and fans could have been a little bit more patient, waited, because I've seen this offer since August. I would first clocked it well, very early into the season because I remember thinking, gosh, all the hospitality sold out already. But it was it was very noisy. Did you did you get any sense of it in Naples? Um, well, I was back by certainly oh. the time it actually kicked off because um, I think we ran it on the day I went back on the Tuesday and that was kind of when things, uh, the SFC questions and other stuff started to sort of kick in, I guess. So um, I, I I was definitely on top of it and I, I kind of saw that you mentioned that it, it had stuck, it had kind of been advertised before that point. So I think it is, is a bit of a sign of the times in where a lot of fans are in terms of 
um, the the ownership, the ownership, and the kind of I don't know the kind of bumbles that they do far too often. And this was a, a fairly minor one, I suppose, but uh, one that could could easily have been avoided. But um, on on all sides, there was there was people with blood on their hands. I guess it was it was a storm in a teacup, especially compared to something else that happened this week. But um, certainly certainly a bit of a strange one. Um, when I, I again, they kind of just used a trust SDFC tweet to get it done with instead of anything on their own channels. I don't know um, necessarily why that decision was made either, but you know, there was it was it was a weird weird thing to come back to, I suppose. Yeah, maybe they felt that they didn't need to explain themselves, um, and it is it is what it is. Even I didn't flap wildly on this. Even I was like, I can see this being a a ticket master error or something like that i'm sure there'll be an explanation you won't convince me that the the target audience isn't wrexham fans but at the same time not every wrexham fan is a football hooligan a lot of them will be based in the south well into their disney plus and just want to go and watch football on boxing day which we shouldn't be turning away financially or in terms of anything you know we want those central blocks to be swindon fans but at the same time times are hard yeah, and I mean, interest, I think, in going to watch Swindon Waynes by the week. So, you know, if, if Wrexham want to bring a bunch of fans, and again, if you're a Wrexham hooligan, you're probably in the Stratton Bank for that game. So, you know, most people know how to conduct themselves. You know, I, I sure, I'm i sure you've probably been in a home end before for a, for a Swindon game. I've done it before. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not an issue, or really, but... Joe, it's yeah. the easiest thing in the world to not, you know, it's the easiest thing to work in the world in football to is to blend in. It, it's not hard. You can watch a game in the wrong end and just play along and then go home and go, Haha. you know, it, it really is not hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, not celebrating a goal is, is uh, diminishes the enjoyment, but it's, it's not, it's not an impossible thing to do for, I would say, 99% of people so uh, so so you know I, I think if there were Wrexham fans in there it's probably not an issue especially as you know it's Boxing Day Swindon fans but all be around uh, those who are probably didn't probably don't want to watch the Sears get tonked um, so if, if the seats are available then and Wrexham fans want to pay 250 quid for them then go ahead Indeed, indeed. Well, we've given this far too much uh, conversation, so we'll move swiftly on to uh, Roman Abramovich. Yay! Okay, so um, a couple of stories came out in midweek. I'm I'm using quotes from uh, the website, thebureauinvestigates.com, and that was that data from a joint investigation by the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, the Guardian, and the Organised Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, among others, reveals that tens of millions of pounds were paid out by offshore companies belonging to Roman Abramovich over a course of a decade. Okay, so what's the point of this? Okay, well... People receiving the payouts included an Italian agent who reportedly helped bring Antonio Conte to Chelsea, as well as chairman of other football clubs, including, you guessed it, Swindon Town FC. The documents also raise questions whether another Abramovich deal breached English Football League rules that forbid a person holding a dual interest into two English league clubs without the EFL's written consent. 
the rules forbid the loaning or gifting of money to another club or having the power to influence another club's financial affairs. In 2017 and 2018, Leyston Holdings, an Abramovich-owned company based in the British Virgin Islands, agreed to loan £1.25 million to Lee Power, then owner of Swindon Town. The agreement stipulated that Power should lend the money onwards to the League Two club. Imagine that was the loophole. It also said the loan period would be extended if the club achieves promotion to League One, but it would be forgiven if it did not. Swindon did not make League One and the debt was forgiven. Swindon Town was not the only club internationally apparently receiving undisclosed payments, I must add. Ah, Joe, Joe, Joe. Perhaps nothing will come of this, but of course, of course... Swindon Town Football Club find their names on a British Virgin Islands offshore account documents relating to a Russian oligarch. Uh, of course they do. Why wouldn't they? If any football club was going to be doing dodgy dealings with anyone, Swindon Town were going to be doing dodgy dealings with Roman Abramovich. I mean, who who had this on the bingo card? Oh, uh, dear. Just, just incredible that we managed to get wrapped up in this. And I think, you know, uh, for Ben Wills' benefit, uh, pro- probably not the most ser- serious charge on the list in, t- in relating to Chelsea, the fact that Swindon were involved. But um, you just know that Swindon are going to get demoted four divisions for this. <laughs> it, it, I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, here we go. Um, more noise. And then when I saw that the, the broader story was the main news on the BBC Football website, and then the fact that the Bureau investigates journalists, you Swindon Town is the, is the lead story, which was a little odd to me. And it's beginning to become more and more apparent that this one might not go away. No, um, I, I think when the Guardian and the Bureau of Investigative Journalists are working on something together, um, the Guardian very much focused down the agent route um, with for players including Eden Hazard, Arjen Robin, Nemanja Matic, Willian uh, was kind of their line. And then, as you say, it's interesting that the Bureau of Investigative Journalism thought that Swindon were kind of the top dogs mm-hmm. on the story, but maybe it was just because the Guardian weren't using that bit. Um, I, I, I find it unlikely that the story as a whole goes away. I think it is possible that Swindon escape this one without too much um, for all because as I say the most of the attention has gone to the other things that Roman Abramovich was doing um, with with regards to the, the um, allegations but yeah this is this definitely one that's going to bubble for a while because as, as we know from Manchester City and various other football clubs um, who have done the kind of dodgy financial financial um, account scrooging that, that Chelsea are being accused of. These things go on for quite a while because the lawyers are involved and the longer that it does, the more chance that Swindon just get caught in the crossfire. Oh, gosh. And I, I don't think there's much more we can say about it at this stage as as we wait for what this really means to Swindon Town, as you say, if that is anything. But from your side, as... As as a, as a journalist of Swindon Town, how how do you approach this? Well, it massively livened up the day. Put it <laughs> that way. I had kind of two two things mainly planned. Um, one was kind of a, an interview with with a Burton fan about Williams Cocolo, and then I think something that Dan Kemp had said. And this kind of comes across the desk, and you're like, oh, 
Mm. Well, that's cool. That kind of livens things up. Um, well, plan A was, I mean, it wasn't to do with the current ownership, so it, it didn't really matter what they had to say, but I did kind of see if they wanted a statement and, and they didn't. So I think that they probably rather smartly wanting to kind of <laughs> stay clear of it and keep keep their own names off of anything relating to this. Um, I think we're probably going to have to keep tabs on it I uh, as it goes along, but I say it's, it's kind of big, big, a lot bigger than Swindon. So finding the specific Swindon parts are, are a, a lot smaller. I think there might be a, an email to the FA at some point in the next week or so just to figure out if there's, if that is something that's going to come back to bite Swindon in, in any way. Yeah. Well, I, for one, cannot wait for that. Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, it's Swindon Town. Let's move on to bits and pieces from the week because there was quite a lot on a game that you you were at by the sounds of it. Swindon Town under 18s, five Wimborne Town under 18s, nil. The youth team progressed to the next round of the FA Youth Cup. Thanks to goals by Fletcher Hubbard, Connor Bridgeford Stanley, Amals Abodo, Brace, and Joel McGregor coming on and then scoring late on. That's about, I made it about eight players who, who, who played at some point during this game who had first team experience, which is extremely harsh on Wimborne, frankly. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think it probably would be in, in regular circumstances. No. Though. <laughs> uh, I, I think m- most of them have played through necessity more than necessarily that they're, they're, they're too high a standard for under 18s although of course Wimborne who scored four goals and saw off Newport County in the last round mm. thoroughly put to the sword by Swindon it was it was I had a lot of fun at this game um we did a live blog for it um for anyone that was interested but uh, you know it was it was it was nice to see the youngsters play there was quite a few of them that you know as you say they definitely did look well above Wimborne's level Jackson Brown Fletcher Alexander Hubbard as he was going by on the night mm-hmm. um, I'd love to see them try and print that on his shirt um, and um, uh, my personal takeaway was how well Josh Keyes played I thought he was absolutely tremendous and was really quite unlucky not to get on the score sheet but um, to the point that someone in someone reading the live blog thought that I was uh, had some intel that I, that I didn't uh, when I said that it was fine that Dan Kemp was leaving because we've got Josh Keyes already um, uh, but uh, but unfortunately, uh, no, it was it was a joke. I don't know that Dan Kemp is definitely going back. Although you know, use your brain on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, accidental slip during an under 18s game. The next round, Swindon travelled to Luton Town, which is a shame because it would have been nice to have a home game because that would have generated a little bit of interest. I would have thought, it, depending on the opponent. What did in the in the press? What did Wayne Hatswell say about the youth cup success so far? Well, this was this was interesting because he. I heard him bring it up, or was at least asked about the younger players and how they played in the youth cup when he was speaking to the club's media team. But by the time Wayne Hatswell got to us, he was kind of any question you asked him was going to come back to a defensive mindset amongst <laughs> first-team players. I think you could have asked him how he likes his eggs, and he'd have told you that he likes his eggs fine, but um, you know the, the players really need to put together their defensive mindset for the game on Saturday, sure. and that's what they're drilling in on training. So um, he kind of quickly said, oh, well, <laughs> you know, it was it's nice to win a game, but um, I'm more focused on ours. Uh, we need to bounce back. We need to put, be put, be putting together this defensive mindset. So, unfortunately, it wasn't necessarily that, um, as we've learned with Michael Flynn, he doesn't like to talk about things 
like that either. But um, Wayne Hatswell was not giving any particular love to some of the younger players, who a lot of whom, as you say, have, have been involved a decent amount with the first team, really. Some like a Miles Abodo or um, Sonny Hart, Fletcher Hubbard, who've all played you know proper league games, I think. Yeah, they, they, they play proper minutes, that's for sure. Yeah, I always approach my malted Wheaties um, with a defensive mindset. You just, you just have to. You have to. Yeah, you know, you need, you just need to drill it in in all phases of your life. So, you know, they, these players need to be living and breathing, um, uh, wanting to defend more, and, and that was that was clear from for, to Wayne Hatzell whilst he was watching the under 18s win five uh, win five nil. Quite, quite. Well, let's move on now to international uh, stuff. Tyree Shade played in St. Kitts and Nevis nil, St. Lucia nil. He played 64 minutes before being replaced by Taquani Williams of United Old Road Jets. Um, Nobody on or off the pitch or indeed watching on their phone in bed looked like they were enjoying this game at any moment it was as dull as dull could be and it's been noted and I, I noticed as well the the commentator I don't think mentioned Tyree Shade once uh during his 64 minutes it was oh it's a long way to go on a, on a terrible fake pitch and nobody looked interested not in the stands not on the pitch grim I mean, sounds like Michael Flynn was on commentary then. If Tyree Shane's not getting a look in, but yeah, I mean, it, I I didn't watch the game. It did just sound rather dull between two sort of you know small small central Central American nations. Um, nice for Shade, obviously, to go and to go out and get there. But I think when he sees Saidu Khan pull back from international duty, he's probably thinking, "Wait a minute, I'm already on the plane." Yeah. Um, so that I I think. It, it, it does. It takes a does not take a detective to work it to work that out um, between things that Michael Flynn has said and the yeah. fact that Tyree Shade was allowed on international duty was and Kits and Nevis are sort of you know to sort of existing I guess in terms of international football and, and Saidu Khan was 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 in the last camp before an African Cup of Nations told he wasn't allowed to go. Indeed, indeed, yes, that is that is quite the thing. Well, finally. Colombia 2, Brazil 1. Luis Diaz with an emotional brace, having endured the stress of having his dad kidnapped and subsequently released. Um, it was their first qualifying win over Brazil. And this victory was, of course, orchestrated by friend of the pod, our very own Nesta Lorenzo. A reminder, Joe, that this man was willing to help Swindon in 2020-21 when, when, when Richie Wellens left. He's now... <laughs> he's now putting Brazil to the sword and yet we went with John Sheridan yep um, questionable decision making you've got to say I thought you were going to believe in Stephen Alzate there for a second I was, I was wondering where it was going but <laughs> um, it, it it's one of those lovely sliding doors moments for I think probably Nesta Lorenzo isn't too cut up that he wasn't locked in a League One relegation battle to prevent him from masterminding such a victory against uh, Vinicius Junior and the like. No, indeed not. But wonderful to see Nestor Lorenzo still unbeaten as head coach of Colombia. And it's a good few games now. And like I said, first ever win in the qualifiers against Brazil. Magnificent stuff. Um, and I think Swindon should take all of the credit. What a long preamble. The longest preamble I think we've ever done, Joe. I mean, and that is saying something because we love a good preamble, but yeah, <laughs> quite a few things to get through, I guess. Um, the life of an advert of sports supporter on holiday, um, <laughs> which I didn't quite get the holiday right. I was about two days out from from nailing the, the, so the, close. The, 
correct length of holiday. Um, but, but yeah, things happen when 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 we're away. It is some sort of black magic at this point. Yeah, let's move now towards the actual presser. You were a very patient audience. Thank you with yourself and Andrew Hawes of BBC Radio, Wiltshire. And we'll start with injuries because there are injuries we know and there are injuries we don't know. Yep. Yeah, um, you thought Michael Flynn was sort of tight-lipped around injuries. Um, but fair play to Wayne Hapsmore, absolutely up front about it. It's like, well, I'm not going to tell you who it is, you know, uh, for obvious reasons, you know. I mean, we know most of them know there's some, some sort of bomb gone off in the training ground. But um, the main thing we learned is that an unnamed player clearly limped out of training today or picked up an injury, injury in training this morning. So, again, we don't know who it is. He would he would not say. Um, I, I don't think the media guys did know, but they, they wouldn't say either. Um, so we are at least one player down. Um, from where we were a week ago, which and plus plus Tyree Shade, I suppose so that's you know really not ideal. He, he was a, he just sort of eventually get to the players we know in terms of long term injuries. He's Jake Keynes, Tariq Uakwe, Tom Clayton, Ben Ward, Reese Devine. Um, but yeah, he was he was not giving away the game, but he did say we're probably going to need to take up some under 18s mm. um, to, to to fill the bench and. I mean that could be at least five of them, I reckon, based on <laughs> based on the tone of his answer and a couple of other answers as well. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a bit poor taste to predict. I'm going to predict Williams Cocolo has pulled up. <laughs> I, I I really think there's a strong chance that it is Williams Cocolo. I this was actually trans- something that completely passed me by because I, I obviously I, I was in Pompeii that the day of the game and I kind of got back. Into Naples later on that evening, and that was the point where I worked at. I heard that Cocolo had signed, and then it somehow started the game and was a, I think the last sub sub we made. So I mean, a guy who's not played for as long as he has, there's probably quite a lot to deal with. So an injury to him would be both quite funny, but also um, quite likely. I would say It'd be very typical, but it, it's a absolute guess it could be any one of them we'll see what happens there defending was discussed uh you know in terms of goals conceded it's not going well this season what did Wayne Hatswell who who does get a little bit of criticism on social media from from some fans not many very much a uh a loud minority because he was a defender. He also played for Oxford. I don't think that helps. Um, but what what did uh, Wayne Hatzile say about defending? Yeah, someone asked me to ask him if he had any coaching badges today, which I was a bit confused by. But um, they, but yeah, he was he was I, I guess kind of a more um, a, a lot an elongated version of kind of what Michael Flynn always says about defending, where you know, he talks about the the man marking system, and he said, "Well, we're not going to go away from it." But he was, uh, he was saying, well, the first thing for me is you've got to know where the striker is in the box. And um, the fact that that's a sentence that a, that a coach has to say before a game in relation to Swindon really says an awful lot about where we are. Because, I mean, that's year three, surely. Um, quite incredible <laughs> that, that that's a problem that we're having. But you, know, you say, you know, just kind of work out where he is and expect a cross to come in and then just sort of stand near him. 
that's the level of tactical instruction that Swindon are at at this point, which really makes me want to go into it. Really, really makes me want to question why I'm travelling four hours to watch them tomorrow. But um, yeah, it, and then you kind of say, well, it's, you know, it's about the small details. You know, the small details of looking where your person you're supposed to be marking is. Um, and was, and then again, it, and then it, they kind of do this a lot, Flynn and Hatswell, where they say, you know, but we're not just talking about the defenders, even even though we are talking about the defenders. You know, everyone needs to have that defensive mind. We are coming back to again with the defensive mindset. Um, you know, the, of wanting to defend in the midfield and up front, they need to be doing more too. But also, the defenders need to know where their their striker is. Bloody hell! Oh man, that was quite a rant, Joe. I didn't mind it at all. And I think positioning defensively has been an issue all season round, and and it, it is noticeable. Like I've always been honest about this. You know, in terms of tactics and structure, I'm not red hot, but the amount of times I, I've clocked it and I've just gone, they are miles off it when it comes to, you know, being close to them, to their opponents. And it it, it must be so frustrating because, well, this is what they're working with. Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly, like, uh, one thing that Mark Flynn was very clear about after Stockport was that he's he's not happy about the fact that he's working with people that can't do that either. But I mean, when it comes the way Swindon defend, it's entirely man to man all over the field. So, you know, tactically speaking, it does always break down to do you know where your man is? Yeah. Um, and and you know, all too often, Swindon the players don't know where they are, and that's and that as they as they kind of said a couple of times again in this press conference. Well, we're, we're kind of being punished at the moment, um, but it, it does make you think about the choice of system if. You know, th- there's kind of this one problem that comes up a lot. And again, someone might have written an article about how Swindon conceded goals before it even got this bad. Um, yeah. And this was kind of something that was brought up that, you know, the, the, the man marking was proving somewhat troublesome in terms of the goals that were being conceded. And it is it is becoming worse, not better at the moment, I think. And there was a question about style of play. What was the question and how did Hatswell deal with it at all, except for that defensive mindset, of course? Yeah, I mean, obviously the defensive mindset was a large bulk of the answer. But um, he was asked, kind of, have you and Mike Flynn kind of thought about changing the style in any way? And he, he kind of said yes and no. But I think when certainly when they hear style, they hear... Um, attack the attacking football, not necessarily how they've chosen to defend. Um, and so we're like, well, we do kind of, kind of score quite a few goals, and actually, it's not just. Um, and I, th- I think it was Jakey, it might even have been Dan Kemp, um, said fairly recently, well, we're not actually conceding just because we pass straight to them when we're playing out from the back. You're like, yeah, well done, but um, you know, they they've kind of talking about um how it isn't that kind of playing out from the back that's been an issue defensively it's it's the it's the um it's the bits that come after that when Swindon actually lost the ball um higher up the field um and then we kind of again this this came up a few times in terms of uh, Wayne Hatswell's theories on defending which uh, the number one is space doesn't score a goal and um, i guess that's kind of probably the root behind Swindon playing a man to man defensive system because obviously, uh, if you're defending space, you're defending zonally, and if you're defending a player, you're, de- you're defending uh, by man marking. So 
you know, he's he kind of just saying these, you know, the, the the way they're trying to get over this is is by really making sure the players understand them when they say, he's your man, mark him. And, um, you know, if they start doing that, then maybe this can, this can get a bit better. But until they do, um, there will be players running free in the box and scoring lots of goals. Mm, indeed they will. Indeed they will. Somebody sound a must-win, Claxon. I think Wayne Hatswell has just done that, hasn't he? Yes, Wayne Hatswell has sounded the must-win, Claxon. It was um, actually a question I was going to ask you if it, if it made it that far. Um, and he said he's, um, you know, he was asked about kind of um, needing the improvements defensively and, and throughout the team kind of thing. And, he, and in a game like Harrogate, and he kind of went, well, do I see this game as must-win? Yes, yes, I do. Um, and then he said, well, when you're thinking as a coach, it's kind of about more more about getting that 90-minute performance in, which, again, is something we've heard even when the times were good from Michael Flynn about needing to play uh, across the 90 minutes. And, um, I mean, I feel like if if that's what you're looking for, then you're, you're must win anyway. You're just kind of saying in a coach's way. But, um, but you know, they, they're kind of think, thinking... They are definitely definitely looking at Harrogate as we need to win, which I think when you ne- your next game is Mansfield, who still haven't lost, and uh, Accrington away, playing the team that's statistically the worst attacking team in the league by a dis- decent distance. Um, I think must win is absolutely a label that this game has. Yeah, and I'll go into a little bit more detail on that as we talk about the game in a little bit more focus. Before we do that, mindset was, believe it or not, brought out again. And it was very much a rallying cry, regardless of experience and age, that we need to step up this weekend. Yeah, it was, I mean, quite quite a decent rallying cry, I would say. He eventually got back into the defensive mindset part. But um, no, he said, well, all of the best teams, their, their bounce-back ability is, is what's key. To, to them doing that. And he's kind of saying everyone in the club, the staff, the players, they all need to do that. He said, if you're 16 or Charlie Austin's age, I, I guess Charlie Austin has it in his contract, but no one can bring up how old he is, maybe. Um, and, and they, you know, every everyone needs to be digging in. Everyone needs to be um, making making sure that, that they do what they need to do so that, so that Swindon can can get over the you know difficult run because uh this weekend you know we went nine league games unbeaten to start the season we after this game we'll have had nine since and if they don't win they'll have won one of them so you know we will have been bad for as long as we were good if they don't win this game hello everybody summer is here and when there's no swindon town i do enjoy using my favorite streaming services to watch You know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it. Okay, so don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com 
forward slash low strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Jan Fjortoft, and welcome, and I'm on Loath Strangers. But it's so hard for Norwegian, Loath Strangers. So then, Harrogate Town away, still managed by Simon Weaver, the Nepo manager who has helped take Harrogate Town to the Football League under the ownership of his dad, Irvine. Irvine, well over 700 games managed for the Sulfurites for Simon Weaver. That's essentially, Joe, the equivalent of Danny Wilson still being Swindon Town manager, which <laughs> sounds quite nice to me. I think we'd be in League One with Danny Wilson over 700 games, perhaps a couple of short term stays in League Two. But yes, he's got a, the soft underbelly side of him. But I'd be absolutely elated if we had Danny Wilson for that long. And I don't think everyone agrees with that. I mean, given some of the people that proceed, uh, that have succeeded him, I'd be very happy to still have Danny Wilson right now. <laughs> you know, that's a Premier League manager right there. <laughs> well, exactly right. Yeah, they're one of those non-league sides who came out of nowhere and then suddenly are in the EFL. I respect it. Five seasons in the National League prior to entering the promised land of League Two. They're in their fourth season now. It's been a bit of a struggle for them. 17th, 19th and 19th again. But they are sitting a little bit higher in 14th this season. And they will leapfrog Swindon if they are victorious this week ends so you know stakes reasonable over the last five games they, they've only drawn one game this season they've either won or lost um which is um you know makes me want to predict a draw they, they've won more games than swindon by one they've won seven to swindon six but they've lost nine to swindon six and it could be costly can it? over the last five games starting with the one furthest back they lost at home to stockport county 3-1 no shame in that then they beat Colchester away. Oh, my kingdom for a win at Colchester away. And then back-to-back home losses to Mansfield. Again, no shame in that 4-1. And then Crew, another tough one for them, 1-0. Last weekend, they beat Walsall away, courtesy of a late George Thompson goal. In terms of their most used players this year, Anthony O'Connor, the ex-Aberdeen and Bradford player, the goalkeeper Max Oxley, uh, Sam Folerin. Follerin, the ex-Middlesbrough player, Josh Falkenham and George Thompson. They've played plenty. Thompson's their leading scorer this year with five goals. Both of them have seven seasons with Harrogate. And then Kane Ramsey, the ex-Southampton defender, playing the majority of their games. I fear, Joe, that I'm relaying incorrect information, but I can only find one other example of Swindon Town losing five fourth tier games in a row which was way way back in 1983 and it was the run that ended John Trollope's tenure as town manager in the grand scheme of things I doubt this is a stat that's much of a concern to any anybody but I think I think it's quite significant historically and symbolically if this miserable 
town run that we're in at the moment, this losing streak continues, that Swindon have had 12 seasons, including this one, in the bottom division under the four-tier format. Uh, so we're not including Division Three South years. Half of those seasons have been under Lee Power and Clem Morfuni, three each. And we've only had one run of defeats worse than that one, like I said, which was Trollop, Trollop in 1983. Then you look to the following season on the Beamish line. Can Beamish achieve that, um, achieve four in a row? Paolo De Canio achieved four in a row early into his tenure and then they threw a lot of money at it and it, it went away and boy, it went away. And then the two other four games of losses have been in this calendar year. So last season under Jody Morris against Stockport, Hartlepool, Mansfield and Tramier and this season, Ginningham, MK Dons, Colchester and Stockport. And I, I suppose the most worrying aspect of this is the defensive record is the worst out of all of them, including the five. So this is the only run where we've conceded more than 10 goals. Um, and it's all historical. I know it doesn't mean a great deal, but I'm really keen for us to not equal that record from 1983. Last time we went to Harrogate, it didn't go well. We lost 3-0, but we did beat them at home in the return fixture 3-0. Oh, that's a lot of negativity there, Joe, isn't it? But it, it's it's a it's a really bad run. Swindon don't want to be a League Two side, but we're not going to go up if we're losing five games in a row. Yeah, I'm not sure we can necessarily take the Decania route out of this particular run. Exactly. Um, it, it seems unlikely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> call call me a sentimentalist, but I'd rather not lose five five games in a row if it's all the same to you. Um, it it is it's really really uh, you know at a at a certain point you know Swindon don't want to be a League Two side but if this is the kind of run you can have then then what kind of club are you at that point you know um, and at a certain point Wrexham were a National League club they've been there for long enough um, it's it's not it's really really bad I, I don't think obviously Michael Flynn's job is not under pressure he got a new contract during this run um, so. So I don't mean it's going to pay that way, but clearly, the teams, as as you rightly say, teams that get promoted don't generally get battered this this much, um, this close together. You know, League Two is a league where you can you can go on a run and things don't matter. But the fact that this is in this squad is 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 definitely concerning, especially after you know a, a start of the season that that was a lot of fun, oh. even if. We kind of thought at the time, the time it probably wasn't going to last. And boy, howdy, has it not? No, no, it hasn't. And I, 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 people get a bit wound up by historical stats because they're largely irrelevant because they're different, different eras, different environments. I mean, in, at the, the the 1984 run ended with less than 2,000 at the county ground to see us beating someone, which is absolutely crazy, isn't it, given given the, the decent gates that we get now and how football has changed. But we haven't spent that much time in the fourth tier historically. But that reputation that we had in, earlier this in the 21st century where if we did make it down we got out of it very quickly it's what's not happening at the moment we're not looking like bouncing back and we are looking like we're going into our fourth season which oh it's just so grim but Harrogate you know if you're gonna select a bunch of teams that you think we might be able to give a go home or away 
Harrogate will be one of those. I'm absolutely desperate to win. I really am. What, what did Wayne Hatswell say about this one? Yeah, well, he's, he's, he got, did give a little bit more on Harrogate, I guess, than, than Flynn would normally go in, into on opposition sides. He was talking, you know, he, he kind of made Harrogate out to be that kind of emblematic League Two side. Of, you know, they, he said they Swindon have been working all week on defending eight players behind, of eight players defending behind the ball. You know, they kind of go long when they got it, it's focusing on set pieces and needing to defend those moments properly. So, you know, Harrogate clearly in his eyes not necessarily going to be the most attractive, the most expansive side that Swindon play all season. But you know, they, they do also, you know, he said that, you know, Harrogate have won, you know, they're clearly not, they've not, they've got a very poor home record so far this season. Swindon's away record is is even worse than their home record is, but... You know, he also brought up the the fact that he he has never won at Harrogate, so um, you know there's there's bad juju on both sides, and in, um, he's a he, he largely towed the Flynnish. We don't care about them line, but did give a, a sprinkle of detail here and there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't trust this team to just go. Do you know what? Let's just stop the run of losses and defend. You know, we're gonna we we play a certain way, and what whatever's transpiring on on the pitch, it, it doesn't tend to deviate from that plan. So, oh my goodness, I hope I hope Harrogate aren't uh, champing at the bit to uh, to play Swindon this weekend. I really, I really hope. Why wouldn't they? Oh God. Yeah, from, from everything that was said, I don't think Swindon are going to go there and see if they can nick a win one nil. That doesn't that absolutely doesn't seem to be the the policy from from Murphy Mahoney and from Wayne Natswell. Um, I, I I think Harrogate likely will will try and play that way. So it will it will it will be about Swindon's ability in transition um, to defend them and break down a low block, which I think aren't necessarily things they either thing they've done too well this season or historically really yeah. so we'll see i guess a draw ends the run a draw ends the run and i i, I believe i believe i really do think that we can we can end this but should we should we go to the joe zone for the first time let's go there uh look on the training ground um and trying to when you're trying to drill in that kind of defensive mindset are you seeing the reaction you want to see from your players at the moment uh i am actually um that's all well and good though on a you know a Monday to to Friday basis. I want to try and see it um, Saturday, and that's 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 probably been the only difference. Just seeing that how well we do on the training pitch to to fundamentally seeing things work on a Saturday, and you know we did a lot of work on um, well both sides really, just the offensive and how good we are in attacking, but also on that transition for us. We always knew that that might be an issue because we are quite expansive. If if that um, if that fits with us, um, we have tried to score goals this year. We fundamentally know that we got players that can handle the ball, and it's been a case of it's that mindset when we lose it. It's been we try to drum that in probably from probably since the day we walked in the door. If I'm honest, and then yeah, it's just. Phil, we ain't had that little bit of lady luck, but um, that's something that probably I can't control at the moment. Um, we've been punished. We've been playing teams probably at the wrong time as well. Everyone seems to be getting a new manager and everyone all of a sudden starts to sort of um, run around again for them. And 
Um, we've been, yeah, it's, we, we've been probably up against it. I would say with you no know, numbers, we're not without the personnel to change things and give people a rest whenever they may have needed it. But listen, these things are all part of you know the league, the league format, and that's that's what we got to deal with. But um, yeah, I think we need that little bit of lady luck in probably our own box more than more than the other one, but. That's, that's something we've got to try and change and you know we, we start with a training pitch but fundamentally it, it results on a Saturday Yeah and with the signing of uh, Williams Kokolo obviously getting that free agent in is that kind of you done looking for players before January or are you still kind of weighing up that market with, with the injury list that you talked oh, about Probably you're asking I'm not saying you're asking the wrong person but um, probably one for the, the, the gaffer to speak on but it he would always say that you you never stop looking, you know, you, you don't and that's um something football just changes within a heartbeat and you know, a player becomes available and um it's we're we're always on the lookout. Obviously there's not a lot of um we can pretty much work with at the moment because obviously free agents are pretty much um done and dusted or and then, and then we pretty much got obviously try and get to January, but um, obviously we think we got eight games left from now until um, the window opens. So there's a lot of football to be played, and you know, and it's about if players have been out of the squad, it's about getting them, getting them ready, and getting you know players proving to the manager and um, that they want to be in the team and they're good enough to be in it. And then, otherwise, we don't leave them out. Simple as that. But um, yeah, as a squad wise, we probably know we need a little bit more in depth. But um, you know, the players that we got here are fundamentally should be doing better than what they are at the moment. But um, that's something that we can control. Yeah, and kind of crossing back to the defensive mindset, coming up against a side like Harrogate, who are kind of low scoring at both ends mm. of the pitch. Yeah, they only scored sixteen. Yeah, and you lowest for yeah. XG for like six lowest yeah. XG against. Um, is that quite? A, an interesting test of, of where you are with, with getting that into the players when you play against a team who maybe aren't prolific so it's you know kind of would be emblematic either way um, I don't see it I don't see it that way if I'm honest um, I see it that they're they're going to sit with a a back four midfield five if they leave if it's Armstrong or Muldoon that stays up front you could say it that they're in possession, there were four-three-three. You could, you know, there's 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 ways around it. I pretty much worked this week on it being, I say, minimum eight people behind the ball, um, with their two banks of four, and then it's about it's about finding opportunities to to exploit their. To me, I think their their midfield two and their back two, and that's you know that's something that we worked on all week and. Um, but we know that we've got we've got good wing backs. We've got that natural balance now with William being in the team. Um, we know what ammunition we can get through Romeo, and it's about then just taking them opportunities. Like we said, we've just been we've been good going forward, and there's been times, especially on Saturday against Stockport, I thought we were breathtaking at times. You go how, how good it was. Um, I'm I'm more worried about. Um, Pretty much lead to format, you know, set plays from them. Um, they may make it ugly, and that's something that they feel that may not be our our strength. But um, that's something that we 
you know, we tried to drum into the lads this week, really, that, that resoluteness and we're away from home. Everyone probably thinks that, oh, we're going to go there and get beat. And uh, sometimes um, we're seeing the character now coming out in the group and that's that we've, we've lost a couple, well, lost more than a couple on the spin, but um, we need everybody to dig in tomorrow and that's pretty much our, our forte for the preparation tomorrow. That's it for me. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Right then. So you asked about what he sees in training, Harrogate's low scoring games and free agents. Lots of interesting stuff there. We gave you a good few minutes. Yeah, it was it was it was good for answers, to be fair. Um Wayne Hartswell. I did cut my head did kind of go down a bit when I saw him walk in and not Michael Flynn, because a lot of the questions I prepared were kind of based on things that Michael Flynn had said. Um where I was I was kind of planning on asking him. Um, a less blunt version of how do you expect a group of players to play for you when you've said to them, to their faces, that they're all gone in January, um, basically. Uh, but um, in a different way than that, obviously. I know Michael Flynn doesn't think I have too much tact, but uh, in this situation, I would have done. So I couldn't really ask that to Wayne Hatsworth because he didn't say it. But um, yeah, no, I was, it was. he certainly gave some interesting stuff. And this is kind of where we got a little bit more about Harrogate in terms of um, you know statistically they are probably the worst team in League Two. Um, you know they're as, as I already mentioned their XG four is really bad. Defensively they are, are fairly strong, but um, this is not a side that if Swindon concede three or four goals to this team, then that is that will be a major major worry. I'll put it that way. Uh, I'm trying to build up some optimism. Joe, but then, then you go and, and say that and then remind me well, that we lost 3-0 there last season. You know me, Rich. I am never one to help build up the optimism. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I was going to say I'm fairly hopeful. I'm, I'm probably going to go against that when we do the predictions. Um, I am, I am going there with a sort of a, a hope more than expectation that maybe Harrogate is, that, that things don't last forever and hopefully Swindon can get over what, what they've been doing that's kind of my line more more blind optimism more than anything else that's 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 how i will go to yorkshire and that's the way it should be okay well um speaking of things that don't last forever uh, the career the swindon careers of goalkeepers so our player guest um in this presser was murphy mahoney we've we've had well we've just been pretty much riding the waves of lone goalkeepers consistently bar a couple um, over the last five years or so, haven't we? Um, very London, wasn't he? He was a, he's a pure Londoner, very nice, booming voice, lovely audio. Yeah, it was great. I was listening to back. It's like, this is bloody clear, isn't it? It's usually not this good. Um, but, you know, he's very nice to talk to, Murphy Mahoney. He's, he's a really, really nice guy. Um, you know, obviously, he's staying, staying fairly upbeat with everything. Um, you know, players rarely give you tons, but it was it was a nice conversation. Um, our first choice choice behind that curtain was Fraser Blake Tracy, but it, we haven't spoken to Mahoney in a while. And it was it was nice to be able to do so. Yeah, yeah. And how how's he finding his loan? I imagine he's enjoying it thoroughly, given that he's playing football. Yeah, he's he's definitely enjoying. You know, he, he was kind of. Um, attempting to walk the line of, uh, well, I'm actually learning quite a lot at the moment, and uh, you know, this is this is not as fun as it could be, maybe. Um, which I think in his head is probably where he is, but um, he definitely definitely is enjoying in the loan experience. Um, you know, playing a lot of football, as you say, um, being able to work on a lot of things. He was 
I mean, I had some high praise for Steve Millwall and the way that he's been preparing him, which is definitely something that we've heard from quite a few goalkeepers that's winning over the last couple of years. Um, and you know that that kind of the things that they work on, and the fact that you know even through the good and the bad form that Swindon have had, that message has stayed consistent in the way that they work and how they try and improve Murphy Mahoney's game. Um, and yeah, he is he's definitely enjoying it. He said he you know, he quite likes me a little bit less busy than maybe he is, but uh, he is he is enjoying the, the chance to finally, really, in his career, play play regular minutes for the first time. What about? In terms of his mindset, then we've we talked about mindset a lot, but I've seen a fair few fans start to call for Lewis Ward to uh, replace Mahoney. What was said here? Yeah, um, he was. You know, he's he's kind of again took this to a bit of a to style of play place and where the whole group is rather than himself. Um, you know, he was talking about um, the the way that Swindon have obviously are quite expansive and open in the way that they play, um, and that. You know that is something that they want to continue with, but um, it, you know, as, as as we heard from Hatswell as well, that kind of em- that emphasis on on being more compact and be- having that defensive mindset um, is is something that the, the players are really trying to carry into um, and 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 prove to Michael Flynn that that they shouldn't be shipped out on January the first because they don't have it because they they are trying. It does sound like they are trying their best, and and as as we just heard, Wayne Hatswell would say the same. Yeah, and and there was a question about the last few weeks and what the mood in the camp has been like, wasn't there? And you know, it's it's one of those. Well, we're losing, but you know, we're getting on. Yeah, well, we we always know from from the from day one really that the Swindon squad do get on very well together. Um, we we haven't had a come down with me update in a few weeks, but I'm sure we'll get there soon. Um, he's and and you know, Murphy Man was saying that. You know, they're not necessarily singing and singing and dancing the whole time they're in Beversbrook, but they are really good friends and they are, you know, and he said that when you are friends with people, as I think everyone could probably uh, think, um, it, it does kind of make you want to play for them a bit more and help them out and make sure that, um, that you're, you know, covering for them if they need it. And, you know, um, as, as I think it's, again, something Jake Young has touched on, but um, feeling that Swindon need to that, that if they are going to get out of this, that kind of camaraderie that they have is going to play a big role because because the players um, do do get on so well and and that is a that is an asset that they have. Let's go to the Joe Zone. As, as a goalkeeper developing, how important? I mean, obviously you don't want to be. You'd rather be sat there with a cup of tea or something. Yeah. But um, how how kind of useful is it to be in a position where you are kind of facing a lot of shots because you do go through a lot more situations a lot quicker I guess yeah yeah I think yeah in terms of development that is helpful to be involved a lot and um have lots of work to do but I think in terms of like for myself and for the team I, I would rather not have so much to do and, and do you know what I mean keep the ball out of the net more and, and have less work to do in terms of we're stopping it at source sort of thing so that would give us a better chance of conceding less and picking up more points and stuff. So obviously it's, it's good for my development to be busy, but for the team's sake, I'd rather not be as busy. Although uh, when it comes, I, I, I'm ready for that sort of thing. Yeah, of course. And um, when you kind of think of that confidence, you're picking each other up. How difficult is it when you're on you know, what, what is clearly a bit of a difficult run right now and looking to, to a game at the weekend? How difficult is it to kind of pick that confidence up and go into a game thing, we're going to win this? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it can be a struggle. Um, obviously, like you said, we've been on a bit of dip of form, but I think all the boys, we got a great group here and, and we work really hard in the week. So we're always motivated and always confident that we can go out and put on a good performance and, and get results. So although we're in a difficult run at the start of the season, we were on a really, really good run. So we look back at that and that gives us motivation to, to say that we, we can beat teams and we can outplay a team. So I think that's that's important. Thank you very much. Right then, so goalkeeper development, how useful is it to be busy? I thought that was a really interesting reply because what do they want? You know, do they want to show how great they are <laughs> by being peppered with with shots left, right and centre? Or do they want, as you say, to have a cup of tea or whatever and have a great old time? And also uh, how difficult it is to pick up confidence after this form? I, I, I think he answered those pretty well. Yeah, I, I definitely say so. It is it is a weird one, especially as a, lo- a lone goalkeeper more than anything. Because I imagine he would like to, you know, as he as he has done at various points of the season, kind of you know drift <laughs> drift into defence and kind of show off his ability on the ball. But if he's going to develop, he does need to be facing shots. So you know, if he played for a team at the top of the league and was just kind of stood there for a while, that probably isn't necessarily good for his development. Um, but I think he's probably would would prefer the first couple of games of the season where Sweden were conceding chances, but he was predominantly saving them, and um, and the team was winning anyway. I guess that's probably the ideal. Um, but they haven't quite been there in the last few weeks. Although um, I hadn't necessarily heard the calls for Lewis Ward because I was away and trying to stay away from things, but um, that does does feel a bit premature given how well Mahoney has played this season. Yeah, I think so. I think I agree. But at the same time, I think he probably needs a nice, consistent game with a good result as well, just to you know dim those sort of calls. And it is not a significant um, amount of fans saying that, but Lewis Ward has his fans and Murphy Mahoney has done a couple of things over the last couple of months, uh, weeks and nothing that I haven't seen Lewis Ward do, really. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Right, let, let's wrap up then with predictions i'm going for the boring but no i'm not going to go for a 2-1 win i'm going to go for a 2-0 win oh a clean sheet you are bold i am um i'm gonna go one all draw um even more boring than than yours um i i i'm i'm not sure if i would take a 1-1 draw at this point because it is still harrogate but I, I think any form of non-loss is is would be very much appreciated. Yeah, depending on how that one-one is achieved, I think I would embrace it at this moment in time. We shouldn't. We should be wanting to win, competitive, competitive budget, and all that. But right now, we've lost four in a row. Let's let's stop the rot. My my <laughs> my prediction is better, but one-one unless we unless we concede in the ninety-sixth minute for a for an error or something that's utterly preventable, then it will feel um, just as sad. But two-one, two-nil win, two-nil win, two-nil win. This is it. Let's do it. Speak it into existence. We 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 will go there. We will win a match. I won't waste a well, not waste because obviously I'm I'm having fun anyway. There you but, go. Uh, I won't, won't waste another Saturday on Swindon going into an away game and and not winning again because uh you know we we've only won at Forest Green this season and that's quite close. So you know if uh, these if these three hour journeys could be rewarded with a nice nice professional win, one goal in each half, maybe one one each for Young and Camp. Um, then that would be very nice indeed. 2-0, I'm off to bend some spoons. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich.
Hello Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 